On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we are back in a proper studio after last week's broom cupboard debacle. Sorry once again for the sound quality on that one. This week, you'll actually be able to hear us as we rabbit on about Watership Down, shoot the shit about Shit's Creek, agonise about Agatha Christie and sing praises of the long song. I'm James Dyer, your Pilot Pod PM, having survived a shock vote of no confidence as host of this podcast, meaning you're now stuck with me for another year, or at least until 2019, which starts in a fortnight. Joining me in this ramshackle pod government are my two cabinet ministers, both members of distinction in their own right. First up, we have the secretary for misery porn, true crime and soul-sucking torment. It's Terry White, the right honourable Terry White, I should say. Is there a gendered meaning to calling me a secretary? Well, the secretary of us, how you refer to cabinet ministers. Home secretary, well, foreign not secretary. All secretaries. Well, well, you didn't, not gonna be, okay. you didn't call me the telly secretary, you called me a secretary. Uh, the, uh, fine, the exchequer for shit television, Thank Terry you. White. There you go. Thank That's you. Good. Can I, I should also point out that when you were a Viking last week, apparently our, uh, our poor sound quality issue, you were the worst affected. And one of our readers wrote in to say you should have been called Iret the Deafening. <laughs> I mean, which, which I, I am like. in certain quarters of this town. Yes. Joining Terry and I in this grand coalition is another standout public servant, our very own celebrity secretary, the Right Honourable Boyd Hilton. Hello. Good day. Now, Good it, day to you. It was your birthday last week, wasn't it? It was. You were a birthday, Boyd. Yes. Yes. Um, come New, on, I who is at your New party? City. Tell us, who is at your party? No, Which celebrity friends I were you entertaining? No, I didn't really have a party, but I did bump into Toby Jones of course you did. in a Japanese restaurant of course off Broadway, and I had a nice chat with him. Did, did he come over and go, your TV's Boyd Hill? He came over and asked me to take a picture of him and his mate. Yeah. A picture with him and his mate. He yeah, asked for a selfie phone. with you. He asked for a selfie. That's extraordinary. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he didn't ask for a selfie with me, but he's, he's obviously the world's nicest, famous person. Have you? Do you have any other names you'd like to drop before we begin? Last night I went to screening of the ABC Murders, which we'll be reviewing next week on this very podcast, okay. the new Agatha Christie adaptation, Three Parts, Christmas, BBC One. It stars John Malkovich as Poirot. I was backup host for the Q&A. Backup yeah. host? Why backup? Anita Rani was hosting it of Country File fame. I love her. Yeah. Right, so she was filming Country File in the country on the day and they were worried she might not make it back on our pathetic transport service. So I had to be back up in case she didn't make it back in time, including interviewing John Malkovich live on stage at the BFI. So I had to kind of like be prepared to interview John Malkovich live at BFI. In but not actually do it. But in the end, she got there in time and it was all fine. But I did meet John Malkovich and said I was back up and he was like, oh, it would have been great. Obviously, wow. Nitarani was much better. So he's like he's in the early stages of celebrity Boyd friendship. <laughs> I think so. I think yeah. yeah. I think there's a, there's a future there. What is your next step, Boyd? With John. Well, I mean, I just want to understand your process. I was going to call it a grooming process, but your mm. your um, friendship <laughs> process. What is the next step? He's a pickup artist. You yeah. are a celebrity pickup artist. You should write a book like The Game, but it's like the celebrity game. I think I need to have a one on one meeting with him. But do, okay, but talk me through this. Do yeah. you do you like um, tweet him? Do you go to his assistant? Like, how do you reach out and just go, hey, you know, we oh, should no, it's uh, organic. get together? It's organic. How is it, it it's organic? It's not going to happen. If, if I end up having time with him one on one, then it will, then I can take it further. 
But I'm not going to go to anyone and go, oh, no, get, let, get me in with it. So you're, you're just presuming the universe is going to make it happen for yeah. you because that's how the world works. See, how, I don't believe happens. you. I think it's negging. I think you go, half oh, no. John, half oh, your last film, it wasn't, wasn't very good, was it? But, oh, oh, you know, it's fine, it's fine, you're a good guy. Not and you neg all. him into liking you. No, I did neg, uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Jamie Dornan. Jamie yes, Dornan. you did, that, you I did, did slightly neg Jamie You Dornan. negged him. <laughs> yeah. This is what it is. He's a fucking pickup artist. Negging, what? You know what negging is. So negging is the thing that pickup artists use where they say something, tell me if I'm wrong about this, they say something like, vaguely insulting yeah. to a woman to lower their self-worth in their own eyes to make them more likely to sleep with the pickup artist. It's something like that. It's from that, that ridiculous book by, oh, what's the guy's name? Oh, you're just talking about uh, men being manipulative yeah. humans. Yeah. It's just okay. men being dreadful, yeah. yeah cool. but yeah, I wasn't doing that. I was just being slightly oh, too honest. Oh, yeah, yeah. About, <laughs> so you say. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're, you're going to be the source of a That's hashtag true. in the not-too-distant future. I can see this coming. Excellent. Now that we're all warmed up, mm. uh, should we dive into what we've been watching Specifically, I want to dive into what I've been watching. Oh, Christ. <laughs> so, 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 many, many moons ago, I started watching Sharp Objects, ah. which is beautifully shot and yes. wonderfully made and glacially slow. And also, it's misery porn, so I'm sure, which is, I'm astonished that Terry didn't love it. Um, so it found me, it was incredibly depressing and very, very slow, and I stopped watching it after the second episode. But because, Boyd, because you, you, sir, yes, have yes. dubbed it one of your shows of the year, I picked it up again and I watched the rest of them and, oh, my God, it's amazing. Yes. Like, it's really, really good. It's fantastic, yeah. It's, well, how, what do you describe the thing? It is slow. Yeah, but it's painfully slow. It's, but It takes its time exploring its world yeah. and its story and its characters but I, it's never boring it's slow but not boring yeah it's not it's boring it's a thing it's, it's never boring. boring it's it's absolutely overwhelmingly I mean, rivetingly gripping you say that so <laughs> I did abandon this as we as we know much to James's shock and it's got, now horror right it's got abuse murder mutilation self-harm it's like the Terry it's like Terry Lots Terry bingo I mean I don't know what to tell you <laughs> apart from actually I have to say and this will shock regular listeners and James in that because James has done such a 360 on it 180 let's 180. be mathematically correct <laughs> shall we otherwise I'm literally <laughs> just doing pirouettes I get that as well I sometimes think it must <laughs> be 360 yeah but, full circle but doesn't yeah doesn't 360 oh no 360 would mean you now facing the same way as where well, that's where you were at yes. the beginning yes <laughs> well I'm doing a 360 and you're doing a 180 and Boyd's doing a 90 and between us all it's a 723 but I'm now going to give it another go yes. probably this weekend actually go because of James yeah Good. Yeah. Which I is because of me, really. Also, also, I will say, without any spoilers, because not only have you not seen it, but people listening won't have heard it, when you get to the finale, stay to the end yes. of the credits. Spine-tingling last episode. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I'm honestly astonished, glued as I am to social media, that I managed to avoid spoilers for this. I yeah. really, and the fact that the book's it's, been out for years. All, and all I would say is, I might have said this before, I'm going to say it again, it, it's further proof that you can do something completely original that's yep. never been done before yep. in TV drama. Yeah, it may be the single bleakest thing I've ever seen. It's effing bleak. But really? It, oh, it's, yeah, you will love it. It's also, it's, see if you can spot this, when you watch it, when you've seen the final episode, there's something it's got in common with the first episode of this series of Doctor Who. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I don't know what that is. Biscuits. (laughs) No, close. (laughs) Jodie Whittaker. (laughs) Aliens. Uh, Yeah, so so I have I have in fact returned to shop. That's my thing. I finished sharp objects. Have you revised your uh, top ten for when we do our top ten? I have, and sharp objects is on it. So, and our top ten TV shows of the year should be out. 
maybe not when this podcast goes live, <laughs> but very soon afterwards, depending on when I, when I get around to it. But yeah. So I have been watching, and we should say we recorded this on Friday, so if we were recording this on Monday, I may well at this point be excitedly shrieking about Doctor Who. But we have recorded this before we have seen it. So I'm going to talk about the interview episode of The Apprentice, which... Holy moly. Hang on. Yes. Hang on. I'm staging an intervention. Go on. Uh, I know what you're going to say. Having lectured me at length about Pilot's preoccupation with cinematic Cinematic TV, TV. you cannot bring reality bollocks onto this show. This is what we've been watching this week, right? So apart from the films that I have been watching for my other job, and this is is what I've been watching this week. So The Apprentice. Oh, my God. And (laughs) Boyd, you have also seen the interview episode, which is a classic of The Apprentice genre. Um, This year, more hammy and staged than it's ever been before. As if that's possible. I've seen it four times already. (laughs) Um, And if you haven't seen this week's episode of The Apprentice, please watch it, thanks. Don't, don't, what you're, here's an apprentice thing for you. You're both fired. What's you going on? You don't have the power to fire me. I was hoping we could go You're over not that. the boss of me. What I'm the boss of me. Yeah, this is like having Chris on so we can bang on about Bake Off. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's the. Isn't it MasterChef he likes, not Bake Off? Oh, it's all that box. It's all the same. I'm going it? even less, people throwing I'm pastry going around. Even more off piste. Go on. Even less cinematic. My, I don't know if I've mentioned this on this podcast, but my equivalent of your like SVU and Apprentice and all those things that you watch repeatedly again and again and again is comedy panel show Would I Lie to You which is the greatest programme on TV I've got about 80 of them on my Sky Q system oh my god the current series is incredible Olivia Coleman was on it absolutely phenomenal possible Oscar winner Olivia Coleman was on it in the Christmas episode which I watched this week coming up soon Lily Allen's on it it's in, not only, it's just the greatest format of any comedy panel show ever it is brilliant Rob Brydon is the greatest host of any comedy panel show ever honestly watch it and you'll, you'll agree with me that there were a lot of phenomenal. bold claims made in the last I, 30 seconds I also enjoy the fact that uh, when Boyd saw he was losing the room which for, uh, <laughs> for you, those of you who couldn't see James and I's faces was us both attempting to keep a straight face Boyd goes and a potential Oscar winner because <laughs> yeah. that yeah. makes it all okay yeah, yeah. It, it should make it all okay what is it? would I lie to you it's effing brilliant is it as good as Tim Roth drama Lie to Me which ran for a couple of seasons, I really enjoyed. Yeah, I like Lie to Me as well. I think it's probably better, yeah. Even though I like Lie to Me, yeah. Can we also, I just want to take this moment to share something as well, which happened this morning. Anyone who follows me on Twitter will have already witnessed this, but James Dyer got sent an email which contained the words Holly and Willoughby, at which point he spun round in his chair and loudly proclaimed to the Empire and Pilot TV office... Who is Holly Willoughby? How am I expected to know these things? Who is Holly Willoughby? That's asking. It's like asking, what is a black dog? I mean, is it though? I mean, I, I, I don't yeah. know why you came up with that. Example, <laughs> but yeah. In terms of it being something that there's yeah. a lot of in the but, world, oh, there's right, loads yeah. of black dogs. Yeah. Holly Willoughby, you, I don't think you can walk down the street for like seven steps without either bumping into Holly Willoughby, <laughs> seeing, her, seeing her in a magazine, hearing somebody talking about her, seeing her on a telly screen through a window. She, there are about five or six magazines um, which l- l- completely revolve around Holly Willoughby, basically, like I, Bella. The thing is, you still haven't satisfactorily answered the question. She is one of my I personal, don't know who she is. She's one of my celebrity friends as well. Is or she at least really? her husband is. Oh yeah. my God. I go to Who's her husband? husband? Dan Baldwin, he's a TV producer. 
I just, I yeah. don't. But like, if you could have told me, like Hollywood would be, oh right, she played second Klingon from the left in the recent episode mm. of Star Trek Discovery. I am mm. down with that. However, I don't know who well, she she's is. She's kind of omnipotent. Yeah. She's been in the, the most, uh, the most highly watched show of the year so far. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Yeah, see, see, this is the problem that, that a lot of the things that you are saying she's in are things that I would never, well, ever, course. ever, on pain of death, ever of expose course. myself to, such as you know, popular culture. Yeah, I know. It's a shame. But so, she's done a great job on I'm a Celebrity to get me out of here. Do you know what? Get her on the podcast. We'll <laughs> yeah, have her on okay. here. She can she can be in in the All Boyd's right. celebrity friend guest. Imagine spot. if we got Deck on. That would be good, wouldn't it? That'd be okay. as in Antor Deck. 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 Hello, yeah. Antor Deck. Deck. Uh, love actually, Deck would love it. Yeah. Quality. Hey, Deck, if you're listening and you're sat with Janie Dornan, Janie Dornan? Janie Dornan. Janie Dornan. Uh, Jamie's half-cousin, <laughs> then we would like to invite you onto the Pilot yeah. TV podcast to not talk about any of your television because it doesn't fall within our editorial remit, <laughs> but maybe you could talk about what you love He's in cinematic television. He's a fan of quality TV. Television. Well, because Jamie is now, as we've established, a long-time fan of the podcast, yeah. we can, we can, Jamie, mate, can you make this happen? Yeah. Can you? Just, yeah. just, you know, drop us a DM, let it'll us know. Be, it'll be fun. Fine. Good man. Right, should we talk about some news? Yes. Yes. Can I start? You can. Jennifer Garner. Yes. JJ Abrams. Collaborating together again on the telly. What's it called? It is called. Well, it's, it's so it's an adaptation of a memoir um, from 2017 called "My Glory Was I Had Such Friends." Not, you know, doesn't trip off the tongue necessarily. Um, but it was a memoir by a woman called Amy Silverstein who's in, um, involved in the TV adaptation. And it's a real life story of essentially her heart failing. It was a transplant heart. And she essentially massively needs a new heart. And it's about the women who supported her during her life-saving quest to find a new heart. But obviously, you know, we all loved... Jennifer and JJ first time around with Alias. So I think we know very little. We know that they're working on it together. We know it's the memoir. Um, we know very, very, very little else. It sounds a little bit touchy-feely for my liking. Um, I mean, there's obviously some kind of drama in there, but um, uh, I'll be interested to see where it sits on kind of the the conventional hallmarky drama versus something with a little bit more tension and, and potential darkness and, mm. you know. Did you say is it, it's going to be on Apple? It's, Apple, it's an Apple Oh, show. I didn't, Yeah, yes. it's Apple. We don't, we don't even know what that means. No, we still we don't, don't know. No. It's on Apple. They still haven't yeah. confirmed what the F they're going to do with their You can swear, boy. We can, I, we I'm enjoying what the what the I don't know why I keep doing that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's the heat in you. You can't, you're not allowed to swear. We were in the heat radio studio and they would not. No, Ofcom would beat the shit yeah. out of But I think, you know, Garner on television, and she just did camping, she right, did. for HBO. I mean, some of the recent movie choices that have been made maybe haven't always are you, been... Are you dissing Peppermint? ...completely credible. <laughs> I mean, she was great in Love, Simon. I really enjoyed yeah, that was, film. Yeah, she, was, yeah. so she was really great in Love, Simon. But I think, um, I think TV is a really interesting medium for her, so yeah. I can't wait to see what they do. And what JJ did, does with it. He's, yeah. he's got that and another tiny little... Thing he also doesn't he produce year. almost everything on television, so mm. he's quite, quite a busy lot. man. Quite a lot. Did you see? I can't believe you've missed the biggest news of the week in television. Is so, it that Jeffrey Dean Morgan will be returning for the 300th episode of Supernatural no, as Papa Winchester? That is big news. Because we're all pretty excited about That's that. That's big news. No, Universal Channel confirms the start date of the next series of Law and Order SVU. What? January 30. Is that why it's coming off Netflix? Bam, bam. I believe so. It's coming off Netflix in January, yeah. guys. So this is, I believe, I mean, I don't like to teach my grandmother to suck eggs, but I believe it's season 20 of it SVU. It is, yeah. 
It's arrived. So it's been. It started already in the states. It arrives on Universal Channels Jan thirty. It will obviously change your life. Opening night viewing party around my house in Hackney. Yeah. You bring the cheese balls. Okay. I'll bring the beer and, and the, the tears. Fictional rapists. <laughs> I mean, Christ. They're fictional. I mean, no. And just... there is. I did anyone see the amazing um, issue of the Guardian recently? That was the conversations issue, and it was Roxanne Gay in conversation with. Yeah. Help me out. Can't remember yet. We're going to look it up. <laughs> look it up. So, um, and they talked about part of their conversation was about their mutual love of mm, SVU yeah, was, and yeah. about how seeing justice played out on screen, especially as women who've been through trauma, there's something incredibly reassuring and yeah. compelling about that. Well, good. That's nice. <laughs> James. In other news. Hannah Gadsby. Hannah Gadsby, the great, sorry. The Lynette. great Australian yes. comedian. Yes. Okay. Was part of this article, yeah. It was so very my good. point And they this... both talked, that she's yes. also a fan. She is. And she was making exactly the same point that yes. you have made previously on this very podcast about women liking these shows. Well, kind of along those lines in a kind of true crime, almost documentarian sort of realism uh, slant. The <laughs> casting for The Mandalorian looks extraordinary. Uh, Have you yeah. seen this? Yeah. So obviously we know Pedro Pascal is The Mandalorian. Uh, but you know, Gina Carano's in it. Giancarlo Esposito from Baking Bad, Gus Fring himself. Baking is, Bad. <laughs> Baking Bad, yeah. Baking so, Bad is the new... Baking Bad is the, the sort of Walter White uh, Bake Off crossover show, which is going to be coming out That's next year. Would watch. Would watch. And it's basically they just cook meth. Yeah. And it's who cooks meth the yeah. best. And Paul Hollywood goes and gives them a handshake. How do you judge that? I mean, do you have to try it. Presumably, they yeah. just like Paul Hollywood does the meth in the tent, and then depending on, I don't know what's happening because I've never watched Bake Off, so I'm just winging it at this stage. And also, that presumably, Mary done meth. Yeah, yeah. I love it. guys, I've never seen Bake Off, but I have done meth, so I can only really comment on that part of this. We may have got sidetracked. Emily Swallow's in it. Carl Weathers is in it, but none of that really matters because Werner Herzog is that in The Mandalorian. It's incredible, isn't it? Which yeah. is extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, I don't know quite who was smoking what. I mean, presumably meth of some kind, but they cast Werner Herzog. And but he's great in um, that film with Tom Cruise. Yes, Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I mean, I love Jack Reacher. I, I mean, Werner Herzog name. and Nick Nolte are both in this show. I'm genuine. I know... There's something about that decision, that yes. decision. We, were, we said last week or the week before, now that as the casting news is dripping through every week, we'll be, yeah, we'll be yeah, talking yeah. about this every week for the next 10 years probably, until it comes out. But once you cast Werner Herzog in this show, it does, I'm immediately like, oh, now I think it's going to be interesting no. and quirky and yeah. Yeah, gutsy uh, and But bold. I now have no clue what this show is. No, that makes it more exciting, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Well, this is very exciting. Yeah. This is the thing I'm most well, excited about. Carl Weathers. I mean, is it, is it bad that I'm more excited by Carl Weathers than I am about? No, Carl Weathers is, is yes. exciting as well. Carl Weathers well, is always exciting. The, you see, I immediately go Rocky IV, the do. death mm. scene. Mm. Yeah, but, you know, Predator pisses all over that, And there's also, there's no catchy... There's no catchy death scene quip does, either. Does he get his arm blasted off in Rocky IV? I don't believe he does. No, but he gets his the life, very life punched <laughs> out of him. Does he get impaled by an alien hunter? No. He gets crushed by a Russian machine while James Brown sings Coming to America. Well, these are films, and as we all know, we are banned from talking about films on the Pilot TV podcast. So, uh, did you know there was there was there was a, a little bit of news, a little bit more news about the Picard uh, Picard oh, show? Oh Christ! Is this our regular slot? <laughs> yeah, the, this is the Picard slot. What more uh, news could there be? Uh, Alex Kurtzman has said, "Wait for it. The new entry will be different." Oh, 
What do you mean, the new entry? Specifically, he said, it's an extremely different rhythm from Discovery. Oh, like the whole series, you mean? Discovery is a bullet. Picard is a very contemplative show. It will be a balance between the speed of Discovery and the nature of what next gen was. Is that what's going to be called, Picard? Oh, that's what we're referring to. Oh, it. Okay. I don't know why. I mean, that's what, uh, that's what I want in my television. Contemplative. Hey, mm. guys. Yeah. It's really contemplative. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Join me and contemplate. Contemplate. <laughs> contemplate Captain Picard. Okay, so that's the thing. I'll stop talking about that now. Did you hear about the Jordan Peele Nazi hunter drama at Amazon? The I Hunt. didn't. Yes. No. This is exciting. So, partly, I think it's interesting that Amazon Prime really clearly likes its Nazis. Because, obviously, <laughs> The Man in the High Castle is one of their favourites. They're now going for Nazi hunter drama created by Jordan Peele, starring Logan Lerman. He's going to play Jonah Heidelbaum. That's a great name. Whose grandfather is slain by a mysterious intruder in their apartment. He sets out to track down the culprit, only to find himself swept up in a mysterious organisation known as The Hunt, who are rooting out Nazi murderers living in America under assumed identities. This is extraordinary. Yeah, it's historical <laughs> period Nazi hunting. I mean, I'm there. I mean, Jordan Peele, this, Us, which yeah. is the follow-up to Get Out, he's got yeah. the Twilight Zone reboot. He is a, a busy, busy man. man. It is like when you do something that is becomes a cultural phenomenon, like his film, Get Out, Yeah, <laughs> I'm naming it, Yeah, um, you just suddenly, it's like suddenly everyone goes, we want you to do something for us. I mean, it, it must be an incredible feeling. Clearly he's going, right, I'm going to do something for everyone. Yeah. But this is, I think it's a... It's I'm, a I'm down with this show. Yeah, I'm totally down with it. Yeah, Nazi Hunters for the win. Um, did you see Netflix dropped a little, uh, hey, this is the stuff we're doing in January video, and there was a blink and you'll miss it, sort of like if you looked really carefully, slowed it down and squinted and tilted your head just right, you could see there was the Punisher in there as well. Oh, yeah. In the, in the yeah. take out the trash, kind yes. of sweep it under the carpet, <laughs> they are dropping the Punisher season two in January, but apparently not wanting to talk about it. Yes. Uh, it's a shame. Yeah. It is a shame. I mean, it's, it's, it's to be expected because they're winding this all down yeah. and they'll probably do the same with Jessica Jones season three, which will, I'm sure, be the very last oh, yeah, of these the Marvel shows. But I quite enjoyed The Punisher just because it was overwhelmingly unspeakably violent. So I will definitely be watching The Punisher season two. Talking of Netflix. With a tear in my eye. Talking of Netflix. You know, there's still the Black Mirror issue. So Black, the rumour is that Black Mirror, the new season, is going to drop just before Christmas. This okay. is what they've done in the last couple of times mm. and with hardly any announcement at all. So I still think the world is expecting new Black Mirror to arrive any time now. Are you with the world on I'm this? I'm extremely excited. And hang on, isn't Miley Cyrus yes. in an episode? She's in an episode. She James, is. have you uh, heard of Miley Cyrus? <laughs> um, she's the one who always sticks her tongue out. Yes, yeah, she is. Yeah, that is some amazing she... pop culture ooh, knowledge. Oh, and she, she was naked, hanging from the ball thing. The, yes. the, the, yes. the uh, 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 wrecking ball, wrecking oh ball. My yeah. Oh my god! I knew a song. Oh my god! We've discovered James's uh, area of knowledge in yeah. pop music. Miley Cyrus. This is a watershed moment. Yes. Yeah, and she acts sometimes. In what? She was. She in, began as an actress. Yeah, and she was in that terrible Woody Allen Amazon Prime series. Which one was I that? I do believe he did this thing called six episodes of something or other. Oh, okay, <laughs> it, I, I'm Clearly the memorable. biggest Woody Allen fan still. Still, <laughs> I'm sticking by him, and it was poor. But he, yeah, she was fine in it. Has she been in like American Horror Story or something? Um, no. She seems like the kind of person who would have been in American I mean, Horror yeah. Story. I think I think she's quite fascinating because obviously she began as a proper kind of Disney sweet child, very much in that lineage of cutesy cutesy kid who then obviously goes massively off the rails. But she's had a, quite an interesting life already and um, it's probably really well placed to kind of uh, play somebody whose life is 
in some way impacted by the rise of technology and social media and and all of that because she's lived all of that stuff out in the public eye pretty much. Yeah, her so, dad is is Billy Ray, who's a country. Aki Breaky. Is her mum Holly Willoughby? Her, her mum is Holly Willoughby. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. She's also co-host Simon Slim to get me out of here with Deck. <laughs> Just don't think I'll understand <laughs> what's happening. And if you got my heart, you never better bear. I, on, on behalf of the Just Pirate Team podcast, I'd like to apologise for that. This really is um, like right? <laughs> Did anyone see the Predator holiday special? No. What are you no? about? See, you look at me as if I've just made that up, and I yeah. swear to God, I absolutely it's haven't. It's like the Star Wars holiday special. No, I think no. he just plucked some words yeah. that didn't belong together and thought, what if I say them in a sentence? The Predator Christmas special is a thing. Uh, this is, uh, I, to be honest, I think it's largely tied into Shane Black's film The Predator coming on DVD, but there is <laughs> a holiday special airing in the US on the 19th of December this week on Comedy Central. Uh, oh. it's, it's happening during BoJack Horseman, and it's a stop-motion animation that features the Predator. Frankly, it looks like killing reindeer. So the, the trailer wow. for it shows an elf talking to Blitzen, and then you hear the Predator arrive, and then Blitzen pulls out Old Painless, and then the Predator kills Blitzen. I mean, <laughs> so there you if go. You say so. A stop motion predator <laughs> festive animation. It's what the world needs in, in this particular Christmas. Did you say as part of Bojack Horseman? He's going to air during Bojack during? Horseman. How does yeah. that work? I, I don't know. What do you mean during? What, yeah. It's like an ad. Like an ad I mean, yeah. maybe ad, during the ad break, maybe Crazy before, talk. maybe in the middle. I don't really know. Maybe it's part of it. I couldn't tell you. Okay. I, I'm not the Predator's agent. However, <laughs> however, sure? it is happening, and I suspect we'll be on YouTube before the end of the week. So, you know, fill your boots. Your Santa boots with that. Okay. <laughs> Does anyone have any more news? Um, I do, but surely we should move on to reviews. Yeah. Shall we? <laughs> Shall we move on? In the new, let's In do, new. let's right. spend time on reviews format. <laughs> let's talk about some of the stuff that's out this week. First of all, let's mix a matosis it up with, <laughs> do you see what I did there? Because about rabbits. It's good. Good joke. Um, with Watership Down, Watership Down, a.k.a. my first animation project. This is on the Beeb uh, this week. Boyd, when does it air? It airs on Saturday and Sunday at 7pm. Actually, it starts on Saturday at 7pm on BBC One and then Sunday 7.20, rather irritatingly. There you go. But nevertheless. And this is a very bleak tale of dead rabbits. <laughs> um, Undeniably true. I was really, really counting on being able to double down on my rabbit hate from last week on this. Yeah, I know. Because I started this, and I was like, because there's like a, it begins with a kind of, a, almost like a little cut-out, very stylized animated thing, and I was like, oh yeah, I can say, oh, even this is better than the shit animation of the show. However, I got sucked into this really, really quickly, and I'm prepared to take your argument, Boyd, at face value, <laughs> that rather than them just being shit, this was actually a stylistic choice. Yes. To that recap. Was, hang on, hang on. That was my fucking point. A, Boyd agreed with me. So thank you for taking my point and giving it to the man in the room. God, Boyd, I can't believe you took Terry's opinion and passed it off as your own. You really are a twat. I think it was a simultaneous expression of opinion. I, I don't want to... Somebody get the audio. Somebody get the audio. Of me saying important. it was an aesthetic decision yeah. and you saying... Categorically, it was not. It was shit and cheap. I was having none of it, but I genuinely, from watching the trailer, and even when this began, it's not just the quality of the visuals. Actually, the way they move it looks a little bit like they're moving cardboard cutouts, but you get into it quite quickly, and it does feel like it suits the subject matter. I'm, I'm 
at this point, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. It might simply be a budgetary issue. I'm not ruling that it's out. It's not a budgetary issue. As I pointed out, I did, right, Terry did, may well have first pointed out that it was the visual uh, look. It's definitely choice. I pointed out that it's a Netflix co-production. Yeah. Hence, it's a massive yeah. budget. They spent all their money on the Punisher season two. <laughs> I think we're very spoiled in a world of sort of Pixar animations Someone and training dragons it. and stuff. Someone on Twitter, I saw, compared it to cutscenes from video games. Yes. But what I think mm. is, if you see it because of the trailer, mm. so people are judging this from the trailer, as you yes. did, if you see just a few seconds of it, it, it looks, looks like shit. that. But then what, you, when you're immersed in it, it doesn't, and you get completely yeah, used to it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I've only seen the first episode, but I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Uh, and it is, I mean, it is one of these things where, oh, it's animation, no, it's for kids. It's really not for kids unless you want them to grow up to be serial killers. But don't you, did you think that it potentially lacked a little bit of edge and played it? A little too safe, so I think. There maybe rounds of bright eyes. Well, maybe problem? maybe it's because of you know when I I remember watching it as a kid, and in my head it's all blood and claws and teeth and guts <laughs> and and maybe that was the age in which I saw it. But there's something much more family friendly. We're in a very different age, right, yeah. for this one. So it felt tonally, it didn't feel as full of kind of foreboding and terror and the violence and the kind of proper screen splattering bloodshed of the original. I It lacked a little bit mm. of that for me. There's not enough claret, is yeah. there? The, the original film is much bleaker than this, yeah. And it's, and it's, and it, I mean, it's famously horrific. <laughs> um, whereas this, I do feel they've toned it down. Well, they cut away, like, don't they? They cut away from the violence. Yeah, they cut away from the violence, right. And also, but I think, so there are elements of it. So I really, I really liked the, there's images of the main rabbit having blood yeah. kind of swarming over the landscape. Mm. Those shots are really good. Mm. So that felt, you know, like the, that sense of foreboding was there. But I think, again, it was a creative choice. I think almost yes. they couldn't have just kept up that level of bleakness from the, that film. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have just felt like... So this feels like a different way of telling the story. But, but yeah, I agree. I agree. It felt sli- it gone slightly the other way. Like, there's a lot more humour in this. And I felt yeah. the humour was slightly cutesy. But don't you think... I, I don't know if it was so much being worried about repetition and trying to do something tonally different so much as without sounding all Daily Mail, <laughs> whether it's a very different environment now. People oh, is, are much yeah. more nervous about sure. putting that kind of thing out on Can't a family channel. Can't say anything channel. about rabbits these days. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but that you you know, you know, have to be much more careful. That you, We were traumatised by this as kids, like yeah. genuinely yeah. the stuff of nightmares. And I think potentially it feels yeah. like somebody somewhere has gone, I, let's not scare the kids although, quite so much. Although I did feel the rabbit caught in the trap a bit in episode one was fairly traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you're a yeah. seven-year-old, it's like that's, you're going to... That that's is quite brutal. <laughs> so what you're saying is doesn't quite hold a candle to the original. So in many ways, to paraphrase, how can a light that burns so brightly suddenly burn so pale? Well done, James. Can uh, I just... A good point, but funny you should make that song-wise. So the theme tune for this, the kind of new... Instead that laughter, of, by the way, is James laughing at his own joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no That's a solid gag. So instead of Art Garfunkel's Bright Eyes, they've got a Sam Smith song. Yeah. Like, it's almost like they've gone, who with a high-pitched voice can we get to do a kind of, who's the new oh, I forgot they've gone Sam Smith but I thought they missed a trick they could have just got him to do a cover version of Bright Eyes I think it would have been great mm. instead he's got a kind of fairly insipid song on the closing credits and do I you just not think hear. Bright Eyes is you're on a hiding to nothing with Bright Eyes right because it. it's going to be that Bright Eyes is not as good as Bright Eyes Bright Eyes 
still bright eyes. should have gone for it. Of course, but they should have gone for it. Bold, be bold. Just do bright eyes. Just do it. I really wanted to <laughs> is hear that your bright main eyes? criticism. <laughs> yeah. Boyd Hilton's main criticism totally. is not enough bright eyes. Not enough eyes. bright eyes for me. Not enough art, Garfunkel. Wow. The voice cast is phenomenal. It really yes. is. It Who really was your favourite in the voice cast? Ooh. I've got Olivia Coleman. Mm. Mine was Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, I was just about to say Daniel Loved Kaluuya. Yeah. Is, he so, yeah. Yeah, is he in episode one? Yeah. Which one's he? He's uh, Bluebell. Oh, yeah. I totally didn't flag that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I uh, I enjoyed, oh God, I enjoyed all of them actually. I thought they were, I thought the voice cast is kind of stellar across the range, but Olivia Coleman was just a lot of fun when she yeah. comes in. Yeah, I, enjoy, I enjoyed her. She's character. in with Strawberry. Like you, you know. <laughs> is she? Yeah. But not like she? She an Oscar. Might she? Yeah, all of these things. Oh dates. my God, maybe I'll watch anything with her in it after that. <laughs> Right, that is Watership Down. Uh, so, okay. a reminder, it's on BBC One, yes. Saturday and Sunday, roughly seven o'clock. Yeah, for, for a bit of festive fun and rabbits slaughtering rabbits, you can't do better than Watership Down. Up next is another B production, The Long Song, about colonial-era Jamaica and basically British people being absolute twats. Terry, you must have loved this. <laughs> Uh, it's funny you should mention that because I did. Um, so, as you say, a Beeb production um, starring a Hayley Atwell, Tamara Lawrence, uh, Sir Lenny Henry in a slightly smaller role. Um, this has been seven years in the making and essentially is the story of a um, young slave named July who is mistreated by her mistress, played by Hayley Atwell. Um, and it's about the dying days of slavery in um, 19th century Jamaica. And what I actually loved about this, it's a three-part adaptation across three nights, uh, beginning uh, Tuesday the 18th at 9 o'clock on BBC One and then part two on Wednesday, part three on Thursday, is this isn't kind of a formulaic uh, by-the-numbers story about slavery and slaves and the master relationship. Um, July's actually quite a subversive character. Hayley Atwell's character is, you know, does some awful things but has these flashes of humanity and insecurity like the texture to the characters um is really really interesting it's really hard what i feel like i say this every week it's a really hard watch um in parts it feels like a really important watch mm. um i thought it was incredibly well shot i thought it looked fantastic were you surprised by the tone Oh, the, are you talking about yeah, the kind of it's humor? Like dark subject matter, but it takes a very light touch with it at times. But I think, but I think that really works because I think the sense that it actually upended quite a lot of things you thought you knew about dramas like this or mm. about stories like this. It's quite easy to tell these stories in a very stark black and white way, and this story essentially puts humanity at the centre of it, which for me makes the lightness kind of work did you did it jar for you no or? but it's, it's it's very non 12 years a slave because i think yes. it, it brings on the fact that even amidst this kind of dehumanizing misery people were still able to have a giggle occasionally yeah. and enjoy themselves and pull pranks on things and the frame narrative just the way it does things like reversing the footage mm. and slightly surreal moments like when she floats off the mm. bed like i was a bit like i don't know what's happening but i like it yeah well, i think that's very much from andrew levy's um book, book. is that it's the, the the narrator's voice is very is kind of bored borderline comedic yeah. and, and, it, and it, it brings an incredible life to Absolutely it. Absolutely grounds the whole thing. You know, coping, cope, how did you cope with yeah. that the, the extreme, the most extreme, brutal situation? Yeah. Well, it's the a story of survival, survival right? Survival, yeah. That's so, what it is, essentially. And I think that's actually probably what took seven years to make is, is judging that tone and how you yeah. portray that on screen mm. while dealing with such a hugely traumatic and sensitive story and part of history... I think is a really difficult balancing act, but I think they pulled it off. 
really, I think really it's, well. It's so, I think it's interesting you said what a hard watch is, because it is a hard, but yeah, at the same time, I thought it was incredibly entertaining, and I yeah. used that word. Yeah. Like, it's incident-packed. It There's so much mm. going on in the first episode alone. Mm. Like, enough to keep, like, an eight-part drama going. <laughs> yeah. You know, if this was, like, a Marvel on Netflix, this would be, like, three series. <laughs> There's an incredible amount of incident, and some of it is borderline kind of melodramatic yeah. and ludicrous, but it just about keeps it this side of believable. And... Um, brilliantly cast and I thought there's a scene there's a dinner scene isn't there where Hayley Atwell's character who is a monster but then you see the humanity because you see what she has to deal with from her grotesque brother who who runs the uh, the, who runs the, the plantation and these as you say these horrendous people that she has to deal with so it's very clever. It's really clever. I, th- I was surprised by how much I loved yeah. it. Yeah, and, and Hayley Atwell's spoken about it, right and said, oh, you know, it would have been easy to play her as a straight yeah. monster because that's what history has told us those people are. And yet, fundamentally, the very worst people are still human beings at the end of the day. Yeah. And finding those moments of humanity and texture within a character like that, I think is so difficult but yeah. I think and without it appearing you don't need to appear sympathetic at any point or in any way like you're trying to make them seem like a okay any anyway a kind of decent human being but I thought I thought it was a really great and interesting yeah. performance from her in particular mm. yeah agree and Lenny Henry yeah always a delight but it brought to mind do you remember Decus Yes. From his character, yes. he brought. I couldn't get that out of my head. <laughs> I mean, Decus was obviously no Delbert Wilkins, but nevertheless, yeah. one of his great comedy creations. Yeah. So, and that was the long song. Um, up next, we have something by Agatha Christie, which only Boyd has seen. Boyd, tell us about it. It's called Agatha and the Truth of Murder. This is a Channel Five feature-length one-off drama. It's not a film. Let me make that clear. <laughs> because if it was Boyd, if it was, then it would we wouldn't be, be disqualified. <laughs> um, it's they commissioned it, so they had they. I think they did acquire a um, British Agatha Christie film, which they showed last Christmas, which was a big hit for them. So I think they and they've seen how big the Agatha Christies are on BBC. So it's a no-brainer to commission something about Agatha Christie to show around Christmas time. This is on Sunday the twenty-third at nine o'clock. Now the extraordinary thing about this is. Agatha Christie famously disappeared for about 11, 12 yes. days. And the, the, there's a 1975 film, Agatha, which I loved. When I, I saw that in the cinema, I was 12 years old. Vanessa Redgrave, Dustin Hoffman. I've since seen it. It's not that great, but it's still a kind of an interesting exploration of what might have happened to her. You know, was she depressed? Was she ill? You know, why did she disappear? This, this story posits the notion that what she was really doing was investigating a real murder that happened. <laughs> Florence Nightingale's daughter or niece or something, was killed on a train, battered on a train. This, that genuinely did happen. And the idea of this drama is that Agatha Christie is approached by this woman's long-term lover to solve the mystery, and she gathers all the suspects in a country house and <laughs> solves the mystery. Like While secretly, away from... Yeah, she turns herself into Poirot, away from her, by the way daughter and husband who she's about to get divorced from back in her house Just, it is preposterous it is it is fiction right it is fiction yeah there's no as far as i can make out there's no evidence whatsoever that any of the, any of that she ever actually investigated this crime or ever gathered the people in a country this house sounds demented i love it, it is kind of yeah demented. can i can i just be clear that i now really want to watch this <laughs> yeah, it is mad so ruth bradley who's a proper good actress from humans and rare she plays like she's really good and what's interesting there are some really interesting elements to it so for example 
example, she's a 30-something actress. I think you just when you hear that name, you think of this kind of 70-year-old Marple-esque yeah. figure. This is showing, no, no, she, at the high of her fame, she was in her 30s. She was she was she uh, became a global figure. And at the same time, Arthur Conan Doyle was writing Sh the Sherlock Holmes stories and there was kind of a rivalry. There's a scene early on where the two of them meet on a golf course and have a chat about how to write a whodunit because she's getting frustrated that everyone's guessing who done it in her in her stories. It's really, it's kind what? of fun. It's fun, it's ludicrous, Blake Harrison's in it, so it's got this kind of cast of the suspects that you'll recognise from bits and pieces of other shows. But I have to say, it's, it's perfectly well shot, it's um, quite well made, but the acting is incredibly variable. So she's great, as Agatha <laughs> Christie. The guy who plays the husband is... I thought terrible, so shockingly not, awful. Not one who's going to become your friend, and there are, not one who's going to become my friend. And then there are random among the suspects that she gathers in the country house. Like half of them are just terrible. Terrible indeed. That is Agatha and the Truth of Murder, which premieres on Sunday, December twenty third at nine pm on Channel Five. Uh, also dropping this week on Wednesday the 14th on Netflix is the Shit's Creek Christmas Special, uh, which none of us have seen because Netflix didn't make it available. Uh, but if you are a fan of the Eugene Levy sitcom Shit's Creek, which a lot of people seem to be, it's very popular, a lot of people think that's very funny, then you will doubtless enjoy it. And if you don't watch it, then, you know, probably not. But that is it. That concludes the penultimate 2018 episode of the Pilot TV podcast, but do not fret, because there will be one more regular pod landing on your doorstep this Christmas Eve, plus, plus, a review of the year TV special, which we will be putting out sometime between Christmas and the New Year. Until then, do send us any burning questions you'd like us to address on Twitter, at Pilot TV Mag. I shall actually be checking this one before next week, so it could be your moment to shine. And don't forget to hop onto iTunes and give the podcast a five-star rating, because, quite frankly, the podcast is free, and it's the least you could do at Christmas. Now, if you'll excuse us, we have at least another three hours of intentionally ropey-looking dead rabbits to watch. Pilot out. Pilot out.